0: You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. This week, um, tomorrow morning, we're going to read Parshat and more. chapter 21 of the book of Leviticus. And essentially, couldn't help but think about it, This past Sunday night, this past Sunday night, at four in the morning, having stayed up the whole night, I arrived at Anshe Chesed, a sister community here on Hundredth Street, where this year's reading of the names, the names of those who perished in the Holocaust, was being quietly, with no drama with no, there wasn't a sign outside that said inside they're doing something cosmic. But what a sacred container I walked in and saw members of our community sitting there and reading names, an endless list of names and names and names and names, with seven memorial candles lit, and the silence that was so thick. Couldn't help but think of this week's Parsha because it is in this week's reading, in the reading for this week, that we have the source in the Torah for what is called Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem means the sanctification of the name, Hashem, the name. Kiddush Hashem means to sanctify the name. And we call all of those who died in whatever program, in whatever period of Jewish history, Kidoshim. They sacrificed themselves for the sake of the name. For God's name. In this week's reading. God says, do not desecrate. We'll come back to this. Do not desecrate shame coaching my holy name. I shall be sanctified amongst the Jewish people. What does it mean to sanctify God's name? So, in a grand scale, of course, there is a category of giving one's life within Judaism. It's a whole conversation, it's an important conversation. But I'm more interested, frankly, in, in the Midrash and the Gemara and Yoma that say this. What does it mean to, to sanctify God's name? It means... It says, when you're engaging in conversation with other human beings, in business in the shuk, in the marketplace, that you deal in business in good faith. That's Kiddush Hashem. Brioso, merosolab, what would a person say when they came and met a person like that? They'd say, wow, this person who learns Torah, this person who is practicing Jewish principles and practices, kama yafim kama of him the verse in Isaiah says you are my servant in whom I glorify that God says as it were what a mensch and not only that it works that each and every one is on a mission to say look sing these songs practice these practices and you'll make the world a better place each and every one of us a walking advertisement for spirit. Where's the billboard for spirit? Right here. I'm in it. You can rent space here, right? Right here. Your message here. Spirit is important. Live a spiritual life right here. I'm in the marketplace, Kiddush Hashem. In a taxi cab, Kiddush Hashem. In my apartment building, Kiddush Hashem. The same name associated with those who would give the most valuable thing that they could possibly give for the sake of the ultimate truth, their life. In the same category of those kiddoshim, those holy ones, who are willing to give their life for the sake of God, the ultimate possession, the ultimate value, for the sake of the ultimate truth. We are enjoined to live our lives in that manner as well. With the same misirut nefesh, the same giving. I remember hearing about a church in California... Some of you might know it's a famous church, Agape, Michael Beckwith, The Secret. And remember, I went to one of his services, and he was talking about the power of his community. There's 6,000 people come on Sundays, two, three different services with 2,000 people at each service. And he was giving a testimonial about the power of his, of his, of his shul. <laughs> and he said, you want to know how I know my shul works? You want to know how, how, why I'm proud of my shul? Because I hear stories like this. That we had parishioners, we had congregants who went to the local hospital to visit friends. And everywhere they went, they didn't just go to visit their friend. They went into the next room after and they asked if they could help. And they were going around. They were doing all kinds of weird things. And someone said, what are you guys on? (laughs) I said, what do you mean, what are we on? I said, "What what what are you doing? All of this extra work. You're going, you don't even know these people. What are you doing in your life? because you're mekadesh Hashem, you are sanctifying God's name. They said, oh, we go to Agape. And so Michael said, ah, that's what I want. I know growing up in the Orthodox world, to be mekadesh Hashem was a very important thing. It it covered a whole slew of things. My father and my teachers would say to me, ah, that's a kiddush Hashem. Somebody, a Jew in the, the public eye, that would in some way increase people's respect and honor for our tradition, for our heritage. My father, my, a kiddush Hashem. It's a like, kiddush Hashem. Give out, it's great. And I'll give you another example. There was an article last week in the New York Times about the power of saying hello to strangers. People saw that article, Hello Stranger? <laughs> it happened to be that before that article came out on Sunday, on Shabbat afternoon, a week ago, my two boys uh, decided that they were going on a mission to the Arctic. They were going to go find the North Pole. They heard about it. And they enlisted me to go with them on an expedition. And so my son, a Bear, was wearing uh, goggles and uh, a snowsuit and big snow boots and gloves. It was like 65 degrees last week on Saturday afternoon. And, and I had to also, you know, it wouldn't be fair, I ha- I'm going on an expedition, right? So I was also dressed up in winter clothing, I had like long johns on and I had my gloves. And <laughs> And Tal, just as a joke, but it's true, Tal was wearing shorts. But we went out. (laughs) And and in order to get to the North Pole, I told them, you have to ask people on the street, because people on the street know how to get to the North Pole. (laughs) I mean, you're not going to put it into GPS. So there we were, uh, Shabbat afternoon, and... um, uh, um, we're dressed ridiculously. <laughs> and uh, we're walking from 90th to 89th Street. And everywhere we go, my, my bear is leading the way and Tali's with him. And he says, it, they stop people and they say, excuse me. And, uh, and, they, and you know, at first it was me I asked. And then they started asking, how do we get to the North Pole? <laughs> and <laughs> it was incredible. I, I mean, honest with you right now, but even before the article came out, the, the, the open heartedness of people. They wanted, they were so excited that we were asking. They quickly caught on that there was a game and there were children. And you could see people who were in a rush. They stopped and they, and they hopped, they got it. Nafala, Simon, they really got that something's going on here. And, and they said, oh, they took five minutes. New Yorkers, they took five minutes. <laughs> five minutes in New York is a year in, in other parts of the- Five minutes. They said, well, if you go straight... keep going, keep going, keep, keep going, you know. <laughs> keep, keep going. And then, like, one of them even said, like, like, you know, you might, you might need a reindeer. And it was like a whole thing. <laughs> and it reminded me so much in the moment of the Gemara. The Gemara says that there were certain rabbis in the Talmud that they were makdim tzafratava. They would say every morning to people, good morning. That, it would, that was there. And they said, kiddush shem shemayim. It's a kiddush Hashem. We are in some way making beautiful the sacred within me and within you, and we are We're walking the talk. Right? What does it mean to be a practitioner? There used to be categories of being observant to be Shomer Shabbat. Somebody was observant, they were Shomer Shabbat. To be observing of Shabbat. But to make the name of spirit come alive in individuals so that they remember he say, Namaste, you are also spirit, and so am I, and we have that connection. That's a kiddush Hashem. And we know, God forbid, that there are, in this past week, a member of our tribe, a member of our people was, in the most ignominious way, in the most public and most horrendously profane way, speaking in a way they did the exact opposite of Kiddush Hashem. Someone who is a leader, presumably, which is a very poor presumption, whose speech, instead of creating Kiddush Hashem, did the exact opposite. It created this category called Chilul Hashem. If we go back to the beginning, Do not desecrate my holy name. What does it mean to desecrate the holy name? We said, what does it mean to make the name Kadosh, holy? What does it mean to desecrate it? Again, growing up, so many things were achil Hashem. It's achil Hashem, it's achil Hashem. I heard that so many times. It's achil Hashem, this banker, that banker, this public figure. It's achil Hashem. Chilul Hashem, the word halal. Although it isn't etymologically connected exactly, when I hear the word chilul, I hear the word halal. Chilul, halal. What is a chilul? What is a halal? It's an empty space. Halal is empty. In modern Hebrew, outer space is halal. What would it mean to say that the name, chilul Hashem, the name has been emptied? And if we go even further, at the end of this week's reading, tomorrow morning we're going to read about an actual blasphemer, somebody who blasphemes the name of God. And in the Torah, is a description of that person. It says, Vayikov, at shame, he, Vayikov, he curses. And the word Vayikov, for any of us who hears that word, sounds like nekeva nekev, which means to pierce. He pierced the name of God. Someone who empties the name of God, someone who pierces the name of God. In the morning blessing, when we wake up in the morning, we thank God for being able to go to the bathroom, one of the, one of the great normal mystic moments in Jewish life. And that prayer is Sar, Uvaravo, Nikavim, Nikavim, Chalulim, Chalulim. We say, Thank you, God, for having made within me Nikavim, <laughs> Nikavim, empty spaces, ducts, piercings that aren't clogged. Chalulim, <laughs> Chalulim, also flutes, right? Empty tubes in us, tubes. So what does it mean that we say about ourselves that we have nikavim, nikavim, chalulim, chalulim, but about God we say to curse God is to call God halal, empty, to call God pierced. We human beings are pierced. We human beings are empty. But to do that to God's name that's a chilul Hashem. That's an emptying of the power of the divine. So to understand that and to find a blessing this evening and call upon my friend Mark Nepo in his wonderful book, Finding Inner Courage, where he writes about vengeance and music. He says, before I tell you about Mark Nepo, The man who cursed in tomorrow's Parsha, at the end of the Parsha, there's someone who curses. We're told that he is the son of an Egyptian man and an Israelite woman. That's all we're told. We're told the name of the woman. It's a very interesting thing. Her name is Shlomit. He wants to be apart from the tribe of Dan. And the Midrash says, that he went out and he cursed. And the Midrash says, Where did he go out from? He went out and he cursed. Where did he go from? Where was he? So the simple meaning is he was in his tent and we don't know really what happened, but the Torah all of a sudden describes a scene where he begins to curse God. He curses God. And listen to this Midrash. The Midrash says, Where did he go out from? He went out from the Midrash of Moses. He went out of the study hall of Moses. What was he doing in the study hall of Moses? He was petitioning Moses to be a part of the tribe of Don in fullness. He wanted to camp with them. And what did he go out from? He was told by Moses, says the Midrash, the rabbinic folk tale, that because his father was an Egyptian and his mother was an Israelite, and the camps were set up so that they could only camp by the father's flag, he felt rejected. He wasn't included. And he immediately went out of his tent and began to blaspheme. You hear this, Midrash? Forget about the inclusivity issue here, which is a big issue in the Jewish community. He heard something he didn't want to hear. He heard something that he couldn't change. He took it personally and began to curse God. He made holes in God. He made holes in meaning, in purpose, in the universe. He didn't get his way, and that's it. I'm taking my basketball and I'm going home. I'm going to curse God. Now listen to Mark Nepo. He says that the philosopher Jacob Needleman speaks of the ancient Greek notion of thumos, which means spirit of fight. The Greeks believed this to be a part of the human nature. Whether it becomes a destructive or a healing energy in the world depends largely on whether that spirit of fight or struggle is directed in a self-centered way at the disappointments we experience in not getting what we want, or in deeper, self-transforming ways that seek out the resources of spirit, love, and truth. He says, it seems to be perennially true that if that spirit of fight or struggle is not directed at what distances us from God, our isolations and illusions, then it will be directed at others. The misdirection of the fight of spirit. He says that has been a timeless source of war, evil, and unnecessary woundedness in the world. And then he says this. So let me say what he said. Thumos is the fight, the spirit to fight. The spirit within each and every one of us to take up a struggle, to take up the conflict when it is directed inwardly towards the illusions and the isolations that keep us separate from each other, then that spirit of fight helps to dispel those dark places, those painful places, those fragile, vulnerable places. But if it isn't owned, it is directed outwardly. And then he says this. I couldn't believe it when I read this. To understand this, we have to consider the nature of a flute, Anyone here who knows the word in Hebrew, halal, is also chalil. it's a flute. That empty reed, that empty stick, empty. Chilul Hashem, the flute of God. We need to consider the nature of a flute. It is a simple fact that a flute cannot make any music if it has no holes for the breath of life to pass through it. Each being on earth is such a flute. And each of us releases our unique song of spirit through the holes carved in us by our experience through the years. Like it or not, this is one of the purposes of suffering. And since no two flutes have the same music, we don't have the same holes carved in us, we don't have the same song or the same melody. We are each an unrepeatable melody of spirit playing upon the flute of our life. To be Michalel Hashem. To empty God. To empty God means that I've lost touch with my halal. With my inner halulim, halulim, nikavim, nikavim. My own vulnerable places that I don't know. I can't access that creative spirit that flows from my connection with what is most tender in me. When I'm not connected with my tenderness. When my response to criticism is immediately to defend myself. We know people like this who act so strong because they can't hear a simple criticism. Somebody changed my life this week in this community. And I mean that seriously. I don't say that every week. You can ask people who come every week. I don't say that every week. Somebody changed my life this week because he named something that I was doing wrong in my life. I wasn't being the rabbi that I'm supposed to be, he said to me. And if in that moment, like that man in Tomorrow's Story, I had said... I can't hear that. Chilul Hashem. I'm going to make a hole in the Divine Spirit. I'm going to make a hole in the capacity that I have through my own halal, my own emptiness, my own vulnerability. I can hold that. I would have hung up the phone and said, thank you very much. You can go talk to my assistant or my, you know, whoever it is. To be mechalal Hashem is to act more than human. And it makes us even less than human. To be Michal HaShem is to not even be, is to not be connected with the unique story that each and every one of us has. So, So here's a charge to each and every one of you. It's a long sermon, I know, but listen, this last piece is important. Forget about Pew studies. Forget about synagogue attendance. It's wonderful if you come great. We're all happy you're here. I'm thrilled because we davened together. But when we leave here tonight, when we leave here tonight, be mekadesh Hashem. When we leave here tonight, be an advertisement for spirit. When we leave here tonight, think to yourself, at any given moment, at any given moment, you are in the temple of God. You are in that moment that you... What happens through you can change the universe. So be a Kiddush Hashem. Fill up the name of God, don't empty it. You have that power, each and every one of you. To think otherwise is heresy. No heretics allowed on that level here in this shul. Each and every one of you, each and every one of you advertising for spirit, that's a good game plan.